Hey, 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 I'm Matt Truval, and this is Rugby Wrap-Up. Next on Rugby Wrap-Up, Major League Rugby highlights, opinion, and analysis with Brian Ray, Matt Truville, and Matt McCarthy. Plus, did Dan Power get Wally pipped? Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pump, and Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in New York City. Brian Ray in Halifax, Nova Scotia, or Nova Scotia, Halifax. Not sure how that goes. And then we have the new Dan Power, Matt Truville, our resident Australian, because we have the Aussie quota to fulfill, as we have the Canadian quota to fulfill here on Rugby Wrap-Up. Matthew, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. And, and just let you know that the homeland is very appreciative of you continuing this this quota. So thank you and thanks for having me. But there's no Dan Power apart from Dan Power. No, there no is one. no no gorgeous Dan, uh, dangerous Dan, dashing Dan. They're all kind. Of, they're all, all any Dan you can any Dan any god Dan thing you can think of oh. is Dan Power, right? Well, let's get to our major league rugby action, Brian. It was an exciting week of rugby, and I want you to tell us a little bit about what you thought about some of the matches, including. The first one, the Seattle Thursday night special that Matt was on the sidelines. We'll get the real skinny from him. But what was your what was your take up in the igloo? I thought it was an entertaining game all around. You know, uh, Seattle's starting to make a believer out of me. After two games, they looked uh, pretty good. That back line, Tavita Lopetti was absolutely outstanding in that game. Martin Yosefo as well. Um, he scored a fantastic team try, that counterattack that ended up with Nakai Penny. Little Canadian shed out there, and you know Utah weren't out of this. They were in this, and they just left themselves a little bit too much to do at the end, trying to come back, scored those two late tries, picked up another bonus point, and uh, you know maybe they feel a little bit aggrieved at that whole scrum situation. I mean, they were absolutely dominant in that scrum, and to go to uncontested is uh, is really disappointing for them. And and I don't think Seattle had eight players in those scrums either, which they're supposed to do in those uncontested scrums. So a bit of a mess up there, but. You know, I guess we just got to got to move on with it. But uh, just this was an entertaining game. I, I like this game. Matt, f- folks at home are going to just be stunned by your good looks and, and doubt every minute of me saying this. But you were actually you played in the pack, right? So, yeah. you know, a little bit about scrummaging. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, I wasn't at the front, right? I'm not, I wasn't in the dark arts, but uh, I heard some things. Still got the modeling <laughs> career. But what was your take on the sideline? Is it, how, how worried should Utah be or is it? Just a matter of time before they start clicking. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think Utah should be worried at all. I mean, they've got, like you saw, the scrum was dominant. They can score from anywhere at any time. They're just, you can't relax. You know, the whole time. Now, they went up against the Seattle defense, which is just unbelievable. You've got Rickard Hatting, um, Ben Landry, uh, Brad Tucker was out this game, but Victor Comtat was putting on shots like their back row, second row. They get through so much work. And you could see it about 60 minutes in the game. They were just starting to like, okay, we've had two games in five days. Now we're starting to really get gas, but they, they held in there. So who was more excited? Tony Ridnell, CJ Rucky, or Broccoli guy? <laughs> the, I don't know. The Broccoli guy, they've got him in the corner now by himself so they can film him. The poor bloke has to sit down in the dark, you know, until they come over to him. But he just dancing by himself on the sideline. Get it back in the stand with the people. That's what the people want. Nobody but puts course, Broccoli Guy in the corner. <laughs> Nobody. 
Well, can I just talk about the broccoli really quick? Sorry about to go off topic here. Yeah. No one's we'll, talking we'll, we'll about... We'll just edit this out. Go ahead. Okay, cool. No one's talking about he's eating room temperature broccoli. And it's been cold, so I get it. It's still fresh. But during the summer sevens, he's just hook it into hot broccoli. What, so this- you know... <laughs> No one's talking That's about dedication. Know- That's dedication and insanity. Yeah, we're all insane, broccoli guy. I'm not trying to insult you there. And Brian Chirana at home in BC, British Columbia, for the folks at home, not before Christ. And it was Los Angeles, 31-16, and that's why you are sitting in front of the Coliseum right now. LA is such a good side. They got depth throughout the team, uh, you know, and they just, they, it was almost like they, they realized that, hey, guys, we're losing this one. We lost the first week. We can't lose two, two in a row. with the champions. And they completely shut down the arrows in the second half. And their arrows just kind of faded. And, and you know, maybe they've uh, overrated their depth or something. I don't know. They just, uh, they, that's two games in a row they haven't scored a single point in the second half. So that's concerning uh, from an arrows perspective. But L.A. looking a little bit more like the team that we saw last year. Toronto got beat up by Seattle round one. That was a brutal, brutal physical match. They finally get a game in Canada after a thousand days. Something like that. Something crazy. And it's not even in Toronto. Right. You know, you've got to give them credit. They are trying to spread the game across Canada by taking that one, you know, on the other side of the country. But to play the Guiltinis a week after a loss, you know, that's you're sort of running into a buzzsaw there a little bit. You know, I mean, they've got too many good players to not come and produce a result. Um, not surprised that Toronto's, they are a tough bunch. They spent a year away from home. They finally go home and they're not home. Yeah, right. So they're calling it a home game, but it's not a home game. No. Now they're back on the road, you know. So, yeah. But that we'll get to. Yeah. But the next yeah. one up, San Diego the, was stunned for 60 minutes of this match. Absolutely floored by the, the Dallas Jackals. Final score, 37-29. But really, this one, Brian, was, as Steve Lewis always says, squeaky bum time for San Diego Legion fans. This was an awful, awful game of rugby. I don't care what the score says. I don't care what the difference was. I don't care that everybody's happy that, that Dallas was uh, you know, competitive in this one. The standard of rugby was poor. So many oh, mistakes you... across the ground. This yeah. was just a, a mess of a rugby game. I did not enjoy this at all for, for any part of it. So, uh, yeah, what a cranky I, you know, Canadian. That's it. I think this is just a, the Dallas being a new team, right? It's... You can't expect a great deal out of them until like the second half of the season, right? Because they got to get used to this whole, the whole thing. We went through with Houston. It was it was tough that first year. It's it's, it's hard to get used to that sort of life. And, well, and that was all your fault. Too. You were the captain. Yeah, well, actually, Carl Sunstrom was year one. But whatever. Thanks for paying attention. You know, I think Dallas, like like Brian said, are going to be competitive, but it's going to be hard for them to get over the edge until the second half of the season when they start sort of figuring out who they are. Um, it's all thrown together, a new team, so. Playing against San Diego, who's, you know, fought for a title, have been together for a while now. It's hard to compete against things like that. The one thing about it, though, is, you know, Dallas is in a state of chaos, pretty much, you would think, because of the head coach situation, and it's, 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 it's uh, coached by committee, which is with by El- Elaine Vassy. I think I'm saying her name correctly. Uh, and she is the GM slash head of the coaching collective staff, if you will. And... For that, and going on the road, they put on a lot of points. They put up an exciting exciting game, I thought, Brian. So I don't, I don't agree with you, but what the hell do I know? But the one thing that we saw was the number one draft choice in Eric Naposki 
showing some some serious skills. Petri's sitting next to me in the booth, and he's like, he's got to he's got to kick that ball. What's he doing? And all of a sudden, bam! He's bolting up the field, getting it into Aaron Gray's hands. Another American kid, and then the, the and Rura, who's the first one to touch the ball in that sequence, ends up scoring the try at the end. So they've got they, they've got no quit in them, and nobody told them that they're supposed to stay. Houston seven, New York ten. But what a return for Sam Windsor to go back down there and play the Sabercats after his exit and uh, and scrape up the win 10-7. That would have uh, felt very good. Except sure. for you know, the kicks that were getting blown back in his face all the time. <laughs> yeah. right? He's yeah, the leading I mean, scorer in Major League history, and you're like looking yeah. at it, it looked like me or Jerry Lewis making the kicks. <laughs> you, know? The, um, you know the win's bad in a professional rugby environment where someone has to hold the ball for you. Yeah. You know, that reminds me down of the 10. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, no, it is. It is literally you can't do much against that wind when it's when it's up. Yeah, I think New York got lucky. Frankly, uh, Pago Heine should have been yellow carded right before halftime for a blatant hands there, hands in side entry, whatever you want to call it at the ruck. I don't know how the official and they even went to the TMO and they still missed it. Absurd. <laughs> what about uh, the headbutts that were being thrown by the Saber Cats, Ray? I mean, Ed Fido to attempting the headbutt on Harry Labaskagni. Oh, holy one eyed New Yorker over here. Oh. Hey, God. credit to New York. They pulled it out. They got sucked into an arm wrestle. And somehow, if they had to throw in the I mean, I guess the wind has something to do with it. They couldn't move it around as much. But, but uh, you know, they, they played exactly the game that Houston wanted them to play. And, you know, there's that, you know, again, there's Houston's out there 15 minutes to play. They got the scrum sequence going. And because of these new stupid scrum laws that MLR keeps using, they couldn't call another scrum. So that's another opportunity last. And then Labus Gagney misses a tackle on Fido, who is a unit, by the way, on the way. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, want to be tackling that guy anyways, but, uh, you know, smiles as he's running into contact, you know, he's a different kind of guy. That's That's like a UFC fighter. (laughs) Exactly. And, and, uh, just want to give a salute to Connor Buckley, who made his major league rugby debut as a starting scrum half for New York. He injured his head. He got a little bit of a head knock. Hope he's okay, but a pretty solid day of work for him at the, at the office. All right. The next one up Atlanta and New Orleans at the gold mine. Their defense in this game was suffocating. They completely, you know, Nola had nowhere to go in this one. Now, they got to work on their, their ruck speed a bit. It's just a little bit too slow when you're up against a defense that fast. You've got to be quick, and they just weren't quick enough. But you got to give credit to ATL. They just completely took them out. How much ball did – I mean, you look at this score. You're, you're saying that everybody's looking at the other score, the San Diego score. Lots of points scored, exciting game. To me, this is far more exciting, way less points scored, but there was more ball in play. Like, it was just a better game, a better standard of rugby. That's all I'm asking for. I thought this was a very good competitive game nola we're still in it in the end but uh atl just like seattle are making believers out of me it kind of maybe you know undervalued them a lot they look like the best team in the east right now yeah i I agree i mean it's two good teams going head to head you know and they both got pretty good defenses but you notice i'm not sure if you did but in that game there was a lot of push passes at the end of long phases like in the 22 in the 10 the coaches would have been going berserk up there, throwing bottles and flipping tables and all sorts of things because there's some crucial errors right near the goal line for both teams. But you're right, two two good teams battling it out. The try to win it to, for Atlanta was a crazy one. It was like a kick, like a hack at a kick, a bounce in the guy's chest, and he walks in five minutes and puts it on the post. You don't get an easy one than that. And it, you know, it was, uh, it was a good contest, I agree. The next one up was Austin hosting... 
old glory. So it was a tough, tough day at the office, you know, and whenever you get 50 points put on you, that's, that's rough. Um, but I will say, look at LA last year. They had this fancy training camp in Hawaii, you know, for a month. This year, Austin Gilgronis had a training camp for however long it was. They started training in November. They already look like they're in mid-season form because they're two months to three months ahead of everyone else. They've yeah. been training together for so long. It's tough to compete against that. I mean, some some teams are still waiting for players to fly in, yeah. you know, to get their first handshake. So, and when they do, um, their arms are going to be really tired. <laughs> Whoa, well played. I'm here all uh, weekend. <laughs> yeah, be sure to tip your waitress. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Austin are going to roll until the others catch up and, and they they gel together and they're able to sort of, you know, it takes three, four weeks for teams to really find out how they play, who they are, their depth, all that sort of stuff. So I think Austin is going to roll until others step up. Uh, yeah, there is a few bodies to come in still for old glory. So hopefully they'll get a, a little bit better. So obviously, you know, the coach Andrew Douglas wouldn't be entirely pleased with that either. But yeah, I mean, to Matt's point, Austin just looks so good, completely drilled. I was not really expecting them to be that good this this fast. They just look so, you know, Back line they're is in lethal. tune. I mean, Brocky's making a break. He's got guys left, right, behind, and all over the place, you know, options everywhere. So they're just going to take some stopping. That's a, that's a very good team we're watching right now. And on that, we'll leave a cliffhanger as we go into commercial break. We'll be right back with, I think it's not Dan Power. I think it's Matt Truville, and I know that's Brian Ray. We'll be right back. Selling or trading in your vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. With Easy Trade, start online or visit us in store. We want your vehicle, and we'll give you up to 125% of KBB value. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. since I was four and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label none of that stuff influences me I drink beer because of the taste and my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon it has the taste and the flavor what do you think's on the label I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn jumping over fire That's good beer. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. Hey, McCartney, this should not be here. This personal bag does not belong in this team bag stuff, okay? Bring it over there. Where do we put it? You smack, huh? Bring it over there. McCarthy and Brian Ray and Matt Truville talking Major League Rugby. Guys, we had a big week in the in the rearview mirror. Now we've got one ahead of us, and it starts with Old Glory having their home opener against the other red, white, and blue team. This is the Patriot Bowl with the New England Free Jacks coming in. Brian, as a Canadian that looks down upon us with, with, with condescending eyes, what do you think of this match? True story. Uh, yeah, 
New England has all their imports in now. So the guys who've missed the first couple of weeks are now arrived. So you're going to see a couple of new names coming in. Just, you know, there's just one or two of them who have uh, injuries. Boyle and, and Pretty, I think, uh, are still injured. But they're going to have a couple extra bodies out there. They've had a week off to rest, to prepare for this one. Um, and Old Glory coming off that, you know, really tough loss. I don't know if their guys have come in yet. So even though they're at home, I got to go with the Free Jacks in this one. The New England Free Jacks, I think, will take this one. Um, Brian summed it up perfectly. They've got troops rolling in. DC struggling after last week's loss. It's, it's going to be tough. It'll be a tough battle for them, I think. I, I just, I think all glory, they might be able to get something here. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe get close or win. They got the home cooking. They got Segra Field. I got a, I got a car from Old Glory. I mean, I, I, I'm all over it. I, I love these guys. So that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The next one up, we've got Atlanta and New York. This is a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals last year, the championship in the Eastern Conference, Brian. We still got more to find out about this New York team. And uh, like I said, ATL looks more connected than maybe uh, we anticipated. Dan and I probably get a little bit of egg in our face for, for you know, shortchanging them in our preseason predictions. So uh, I love the way they're playing right now. Really hard defense. Um, you know, uh, we'll see what the weather, if it's not as windy, maybe New York can throw it around a bit and use that stellar back line. They've got a little bit more than they did. So a really intriguing battle. I'm going to go with ATL in a, a close one at home. I think it's going to be close too. These are two very strong defensive teams. Um, yeah, I'd be shooting up on Fado on the outside there. I wouldn't be letting him get any steam. I mean, he had, the two tries he scored, he only had about half a meter from the touchline. He still got around black. So um, I'd be getting up trying to cut off that attack. But we don't know enough about New York. They played the Hurricanes. You know, right. they were tough. They were greedy. They did what they had to do. So I'm going to go New York in a close one. All right, moving right along. We've got Dallas welcoming in Houston. Is this going to be a howling good time for the Jackals fans? Yeah, you know what? I think it will be. they got to celebrate rugby being there. It, honestly, the pitch looks fantastic. Uh, it's really nice shape there. I, you know, I was a little bit weirded out when they said they were going to that big, huge stadium. But, you know, it, it looks great. I think it's going to look good, look good on TV. Uh, I, I think... You know, that game against San Diego was good for Dallas and that they were competitive. They got some points in the That'll give them some confidence heading into this one. Uh, Houston doesn't look like a team who's going to be throwing in 50, 60 points like like Austin offense is. So I, I'm, I'm picking Houston to win this one, but I think it'll be a lot closer than uh, than we've seen. I don't think Dallas is going to run away like they did against San Diego and get up early. I think they're going to have to grind back if they're going to do it. But, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to get past Houston. Um, yeah, the defense is good. They've got some exciting backs. But they just couldn't, they couldn't utilize the ball last week. They couldn't move it. They couldn't do anything. There was a lot uh, from all reports happening off the ball last week. So they got sort of frustrated out of the game, if you will. I don't think it's going to be the same against Dallas. Um, so I think, yeah, I think Houston wins this one. But I am so excited to see the Dallas Stadium. I'm so glad they're in the, in the competition. Uh, I think it's just good for everything. So um, hoping it's close. The next one up, you've got Austin. Welcoming in Utah. Utah, are the Warriors going to be 0-3, Brian Ray? I was just going to say that they don't look like an 0-3 team, do they? But Austin is the hot ticket in MLR right now, so you can't really see them losing at home. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to pick against Utah. They've been playing, you know, reasonably well, but... 
that Austin team is just on fire. So I, I just can't see it. I just can't see how, how Utah can, can pick it up. And, you know, again, they got probably, probably a couple other bodies that they'd like to have back to. We'll see if Jamie Lane, I think they really missed him in the line out against Seattle. Uh, if he's back, that helps, but uh, I just see too many weapons in that Austin team. So you got to go with them at home. You know, Utah are one of the scariest teams in the league every year because of, because of what they can do against anyone. So, um, yes, the line-out was a complete struggle against Seattle. They couldn't get any good platform to, to attack off. Um, and in the first 20 minutes coming out, the first 20 minutes and then coming out in the second half, that um, first 20 minutes, Seattle just sort of weathered the storm, held on, good defense, and eventually then got on top. So if Austin can do that against Utah – They'll look good, but I'm not counting Utah out ever. I mean, I've just played them too many times and they're just, you just can never switch off. And that's very stressful (laughs) for 80 minutes. So this one might be a sneaky upset, but I don't know if I'm confident enough to say it out loud yet. I think Utah has to win this match. I really do. And I think they will. I think they might. Yeah, they might because, Matt, they were burning after the Seattle loss. I mean, they were fuming. There's a couple of calls that. Even Sean said at the uh, the halftime grab when I was speaking to him, um, held his tongue a little bit, which was nice for the camera. But um, they were they were upset about that loss. You know, they knew they could have had it. They were coming back at the end there, so that can be very motivating. And you know, Sean's a great coach; he'll have them ready to go. So, um, and it wouldn't surprise anyone in the world if Utah came in and, and caused a big upset, right? But Brian, speaking of zero and three teams, we've got Nola hosting Toronto, and if they don't tie, one of these teams is going home 0-3. Toronto's not an 0-3 team to me. I, I For 40 minutes, uh, they had it together against L.A. I mean, they just they ran into some problems. They were a little bit tired, an extra day's rest. Uh, L.A. had that one, too, is a little bit of a factor. But uh, I'm confident Sam Malcolm's going to show up for this one. You know, Nola at home, uh, they've lost two in a row at home. You know, I mean, you know, Nola's got to play a little bit better than they are. They they just weren't convincing enough against ATL to me. So I think there's going to be a really close game. I'll say that. But I think the Arrows have enough in this one to come away with a narrow win. I think Nola winning this one. Um, is this, this the Owen Bowl, right? Like someone's, someone's got to win here and get out of this hole. So I'm going to just Or they can tie. Mathematically, you're correct, I believe. Yeah. But I just don't think that'll work. Yeah. Um, I, I just see Nola getting on the top there. I think they were... It was such a frustrating game last week for him against Atlanta. I think if they just score one try, they'll start pouring it on. And, and poor, poor Toronto. I mean, you can't say enough. They just, they just been dragged around town playing wherever they can. Um, they need to get back home to Toronto, play a couple of games in a row um, before they get back to winning form, in my opinion. But All anyway, right, well, sorry, you know, Brian. I'm going to be crazy here. I'm going to be crazy. <laughs> I'm going to pick Toronto, just not this week. So I'm going to pick Nola at home, and you know I, I feel for, I feel for the Toronto Arrows. In all seriousness, I think they're going to be okay once they get everybody back. But you again, you know, we've got such a competitive league now that these these slow starts or these or these staggered starts are going to hinder you at the end of the season. But there's still time. There's still hope. And with that, we have our last match because I know people are hoping the show will end soon. We have San Diego hosting Seattle. Seattle has a lot to prove 
because they've won at home in squeakers. You know, I've been impressed with Seattle. I agree, this is a test for Seattle. Can they win on the road? I think they can against a battered and bruised San Diego. I, I, but who knows? You know, there's still a few reinforcements coming for San Diego. Maybe they're in this week. I don't know. So really, this is kind of a crapshoot to me, but uh, I'm going to pick Seattle. Adrian Balfour, this one's for you. I think Seattle sneaks this, steals this one. The scary part for Seattle is the props, you know, the front row. The hurting there, you saw that last game with the whole 13 men on the field thing, they got a couple of injuries, things like that. So we'll see how they patch that problem up. But then, yeah, you, like you said, San Diego, it could be the college team from down the street turn up, you know what I mean, with the with the amount of injuries they've had and the amount of stars that are injured. So, yeah, I'll go Seattle because I better, I guess. On that note, guys, I can guarantee this. I guarantee you L.A. will not win this weekend. I promise you. Oh, Right? Bold prediction. Right. All right. Final thoughts, Brian. Hey, I'm looking forward to a better weekend of, uh, of Major League. With each week, everything gets a little bit better with the one exception last week. So uh, I'm looking for good rugby across the board uh, this week. Matthew? Yeah, I just thanks for having me on, Matt. Uh, I think it's great that you started this show. Um, it's the first one I've seen. Uh, it's, it's tremendous. So thank you very much for having me and um, all the best in the future. To thank you, Matthew Truville, my kid, I love you. Brian, I love you. And thank you, folks, for tuning in. Please check out our other segments, including our college rugby wrap-up, our Major League Rugby betting show, The Rugby Odds. And please, please, please sign up for our American Red Cross blood donor team.